everybody, and welcome to another episode of Getting Hammered. I am your host, Mary Catherine Ham. We have quite a show for you guys today. We got schools, we got masks, we got football, we have primal screaming mothers. It's not as dirty as it sounds. <laughs> and the convening of the Kamala fan club, as usual. Yes. So, this is my friend Vic Mattis of the Free Beacon. How are you doing? I'm fine, Mary Catherine. What's going on with you? You know, not that much, but I do finally have a planner. Oh, I hey! Planner. I got a An planner actual in the physical ma- planner. Yes, I got it in the mail. Uh, and the front says, this year is for taking care of you. <laughs> and I don't, I see it. It's, I don't it's, it's like lovely. that. I don't love it. It's, uh, I like this. I like the format of this mm-hmm, planner. Mm-hmm. I don't like the the self care message. Did you did you choose that because the one of the cat uh, hanging out on the tree hanging in there was not it available? Was, it, it was, was sold ex- out. Exactly. <laughs> they did not have that one for me. No, they're too they're too cutesy. This one has a black cover with this on it, so I figured I could duct tape over it and say like taking care of what business, taking care of sh- whatever it yeah. is. You know. Mm-hmm. You should you get think? a picture of that, Alex, because then, you know, I mean, it's inspirational. You, you know, you, this is, you know what else? It's self-care, mm-hmm. which I'm big on. It's a joke. And of course, <laughs> uh, and, 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 you know, and it, it, it's, it's, uh, it's inspirational. It's, it, it's you be you. It's the, you know what it, right. it is, especially you got it in January. It's still January. Yes. This is, it's the year of you. Yes. I like to, I like to take a good month to settle into my resolutions. It's okay if it doesn't happen on day one. It's all right. Yeah. I'm, all, I'm making progress. I also got in the mail. Small resolutions. That's my aim. <laughs> I also got in the mail our coffee table slash ottoman that we ordered December 6th. Oh, is this because of the lamp situation in your yes. house? So remember, we moved the yes. old coffee table in order to put the Christmas tree on mm-hmm. it. And I thought, this is it. I'm going to have an upgraded coffee table before Christmas. And then we're going to get rid of the old one. New, no, new, no, new, no, new, no, new. No. no coffee table until last night. How, but it does look nice. How is it? It's nice. It's, you know what? It looks good. Uh, I like it. It is a little lower than I expected it to be. That but that's a coffee table. We can handle that. What uh, What is it made of? Uh, it has a leather top. So it's Ooh. Ottoman slash coffee table. It's one of those oh, big. Oh, yes, 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 yes. So do you have to, If you can you put drinks or is it too soft for like a you can, drink thing? You can put drinks on it. Uh-huh. However, I will probably put a stylish tray on it yes, as well. Yes, yes. We're in a situation like that. Ours, it's not stylish. Ours is plastic. There you go. Yes. Hey, then you can put anything on that. Uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. You don't have to worry about it. Um, uh, I over the weekend I went to uh, a lovely restaurant uh, out in Maryfield, Sweetwater Tavern. I don't know if you've been to Sweetwater Tavern. There's at least two of them. That is so strange that you say that because I went to it yesterday. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I have never been there before. Yeah, but I've yesterday been there once in before. Cinderville. Oh yes, I've been. That was the first one I went to, and I liked it so much that I took the whole family. Nice. Uh, over over the weekend, isn't it like I the way I would describe it is it's like a cowboy themed cheesecake factory. <laughs> yes, it's, and it's I, that good. I was surprised at the quality of the food. I had oh, I had yes. lobster bisque. Yes, and I had a uh, I had a seared tuna salad, Ooh. and both things were delicious. I had a baby uh, baby back ribs. Nice, and I just polished them all the way across. <laughs> you know, bone sucking like it's like you know like. Uh, the rest of my family, they'll leave bits and pieces. I leave nothing behind. I, I mean, mean the sh- whole thing, you cartilage. It's In all there. these times, you should leave nothing behind. So what's interesting is our server happened to be the brother of my colleague, Josh Christensen. Oh, look at that. So it's his uh, younger brother, Ben Christensen. The service was great. Nice. Very professional. Got a free dessert. 
So what happens is then when the bill comes, you're calculating in your mind how to just, you know, give something that is uh, compensates for the missing entree or the right. missing dessert. Right. Uh, and, and you don't want to be, I mean, so you don't want to lowball. You don't want to be a cheapskate. But you also don't want to, as, as, my, as my friend Larry Miller would say, don't, don't tip like a gangster. You're like, hey, here you go. <laughs> you take this and one for the family. You know, you don't want to do that. Right, right. So uh, do you have a tip policy yourself? Uh, I try to be generous, especially mm-hmm. now. I've always been pretty yes, generous. I feel the same way. Unless there was some great issue Mm -hmm. and even then if there's an issue and you just sort of mention it or make it up to me i'll i'll handle the tip the same anyway uh but especially now when there are staff shortages i try i try to be kind right with my tipping right um the the tricky thing is when you're sometimes you get a whole meal that's comp that's happened to me a couple times and so you're like you do want to leave a tip and it's it's got to be based on what you're estimating in your mind was the total bill and paying that in cash yeah and uh, so for me, there's nothing trickier I, than. See, I would not be able to do that. I'd be like, where? I, what is this cash? A you bunch speak of, of I know a bunch of twenties. I like I always say, there's nothing trickier than just the tip. You know, <laughs> I. Anyway, uh, but I don't know what it was like uh, at your at your restaurant. Ours was packed. It was outside the Beltway. Yep. It was packed with lots of people and no masks. No masks. Hey, how about that? You know what? Masks have been on my mind. Really? Not on my face, but on my mind. <laughs> Good for you. This week, as everybody knows, who is a dedicated one of the 101. The 101. They the might Hammer be down heads. to 90. The this point, down to 90. Who listen to us and yeah. give us their very generous reviews and listenership. As you guys know, yeah. the newly elected Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin issued an executive order last week that said on the 24th of January, it will be parents' discretion whether their children should wear masks in school. On Monday, the 24th, when this is supposed to happen, seven Northern Virginia-ish districts announced that they would sue to not do this. Mm-hmm. There are, of course, there's, of course, a split between parents in Northern Virginia schools. Some of them really do like the mandate and want everyone to wear masks. There are parents here, though, believe it or not, who would like the yeah. option. And so the schools are fighting back. Youngkin's, Youngkin's attorney general, or I guess he ran on a separate ticket, but the, attorney, the Republican the Republican attorney general yep. is going to court as well on behalf of uh, several families to say, no, this needs to be parents' choice. So the showdown has begun. begun. Of course, there's no showdown in this area. <laughs> Every yeah. kid. I think, uh, Alex, uh, you went to check out uh, a high school. It was Wakefield High School, mm-hmm. which is an Arlington mm-hmm. County public mm-hmm. high school. And every kid that I saw, even pulling up, you know, with their parents in their cars, wearing a mask in the car. Yeah, already. Already. They're and right, parents wearing a mask in the car. Yeah. Yeah. My, uh, my daughter just received her N95 mask. Oh, jeez. And luckily, it's optional. So they, uh, she says uh, that they all tried to put it on, and all they did was complain about how it just leaks over their whole face, and and they don't like the way the breathing is going on there. I looked at it, and there are Chinese characters on the mask. It's, it's, it's like it's like China's final like a few after they did this, and enjoy, you're yeah, enjoy and, this, enjoy this. We did this, and now you're going to buy our mask. There's a they, new oh, LA. It's amazing. There's a new LA rule for kids mm-hmm. that even playing sports, even outdoors, they will be masked in masks that need to have the nose wire so they can fit properly. I try to be fair to people with whom I disagree. And I try to see, well, is there a reason for this policy? That policy is just straight insane. Yeah. Children outdoors 
in fitted masks playing sports. Be- nope. In L.A. Yeah. In L.A. where it is 70 degrees all the time. Right. Uh, because is it because the teachers are concerned about getting it from them because they're only double vaxxed and boosted and they Honestly, still might get it from the kids? Point, or is it the kids giving it to the other kids? No, there's not a reason for anything anymore, is there? Like, no. It's just... I, I mean, there, there are kids who are being kicked out of, like, museums for not being vaxxed. A nine-year-old was, right, in New York. I was reminded of, I guess, Governor Kathy Hochul, whose uh, ruling on the masks uh, was just reversed by a yes. court. She was making the point that, you know what else is annoying? Her kid not wanting to wear sneakers, but the kid got used to it. So not get used same. to it. And again, it's because, you know, it's this recurring line. You know, oh, well, don't worry. The kids are resilient. Speaking yes. of which... <laughs> I have a piece. A fantastic piece in The Atlantic. I do, in The Atlantic. That Tell is, us about it. Well, it's about the idea, this kids are resilient line. Look, first of all, yes, that can be true. Mm-hmm. Kids kids can be very resilient. That does not mean you should heap upon them as much trauma and trouble as you possibly can in an attempt to shield yourself from your anxiety disorder, which I think is too often what we are doing right yeah. now. So, look. I have had trauma. I had a traumatic loss. It meant that I was primed to see a lot of threats all through my life and to react accordingly and Mm -hmm. just hug my children so tight and not let them do anything. But if you miscalculate the risk to your kids and you keep them from doing normal things, you will hurt them worse than the risk did. And that is the that is the theme of the pandemic is that we have been discouraged from individual risk analysis. We have been told it is, in fact, evil to do it, right? Because you will kill grandma. And as a result, we have no muscles for this anymore. And people have vastly overestimated the risk to children, and it is hurting them very badly. You uh, you, you also said it on a, uh, you were watching online, a town hall meeting uh, yes. for Fairfax County Public Good Schools. Lord almighty. Was there any hope out of that one? I, no, I... no, there was not. <laughs> so this is Fairfax County Public Schools is one of the, is a giant school district. Yeah. Huge. Uh, up until 2019, considered one of the best in the country. But then they were out of school for a year and mm-hmm. change. This month, because of uh, snow days, some of them iffy, professional development yes. days, teacher work days, they have not had a full week of school yet this year. And so that's since December 17th-ish. And at the town hall about mask wearing, which the superintendent Braybrand held, he bragged first off about their ability to do five day weeks of school. And I thought, well, maybe you should have one under your belt in 2022 before you start bragging about that. What also struck me is the next slide in the presentation was bragging about the compliance of Fairfax County public school kids that, okay, Sure, sure, they were out of school for a year and a half, and learning loss is devastating. But you know what they can do? Listen to us and keep masks on their faces when we tell them they're going to be sent home if they don't. Well, congratulations, everyone. That's right. The fear worked. It's great. Are people not creeped out by their school board making graphs of how compliant their children are? And then there's a further slide with with a whole... A whole rubric of how we foster mask compliance <laughs> should someone mm. protest. There was also a slide distributed to, to teachers within the district talking about how to foster mask compliance, even among those with individual education plans, people with learning challenges mm-hmm. and or disabilities who did not receive exemptions because there are medical exemptions yes. 
to some ex- extent uh, granted. But if you are not granted one, they will use the time in school to make sure you keep a mask properly on your face. And I just think that's wrong. Again, trying to be fair. Can't be fair to that one. I just think it's wrong. It's thoroughly depressing. And I think you also mentioned uh, a health expert who mentioned the guilt. Uh, Yes, there's a pediatrician speaking at the meeting. And he legit said, this is a faithful paraphrase. This is not a quote, but this is a faithful paraphrase of, of what he said. That one of the reasons that kids need to wear these masks is that, you know, they could kill their grandmas and that would make them feel really bad if they did that. They really they really carry a significant burden that we impose upon them by questioning and trying to undermine the real public health that all of us are here to advocate. Kids carry that kind of guilt if they think they brought something home to their families that infected someone, that killed someone. Uh, you know, the, the potential for harm is so much greater than the potential for good. I think that's the most important thing that you can take away from this. Like, it is, what year Because the is odds it? of that happening are very... Also, what year is it? This is, we should be reasoning yeah. and speaking differently by now because we know how the virus works. Mm-hmm. We know a few things about it. We, mm-hmm. we also have vaccines available freely to the vulnerable to improve their chances. Like, we have, we have changed the game a bit, and yet we're talking about it in Fairfax County Public Schools as if... It is March of 2020. Now, of course, there is always the promise. We are hopeful. We are hopeful. We want to get to the off-ramp for masks as much as you do, says Superintendent Brayran. We are hopeful that soon we will be able to safely roll back many of the protection measures we have had in place since the start of the pandemic. To do so prematurely puts students at risk. Weirdly, the time is never now. The time is never now. We're working on it. No, we promise you. As long as you don't have to, you know, we're not going to do this now, but, you know, we will do it. Trust us in the next year. Whenever cases can go down to zero. Yeah, and yeah. We could just, they were know. also asked, and I thought this was a clever question from a parent, although it did not elicit much of an answer. One parent asked, given your desire to adhere to CDC uh, ah, guidelines, yes, yes. what do you make of the fact that the CDC has admitted, admitted that the cloth masks in mm-hmm. use by students mm-hmm. are not very effective, particularly mm-hmm. to Omicron? And if you're trying to follow CDC guidance... Then what do you propose? Do you propose N95s for children? And the answer came from two officials, basically like, we're not going to answer that question. (laughs) They they did. They talked around it. But there was no no reconciling of the fact that these cloth masks don't really work. They just said, we need them anyway. But no, we're not going to make them wear N95s. So small blessings. Tiny, tiny blessings. I'm telling you, I, I tried that on, and it, 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 it's okay. Of course, it's on my head, and there is no mask that's actually designed for my head size, so it was not comfortable. I can only imagine, but, but, but that, the idea of having to wear that for six or seven hours, and even in when you're in the at the cafeteria, right. you know, you sit at a designated table where you have to scan the barcode at your table so they know in the event. Somebody is the barcode in their necks or on the table? Yeah, it's on the table. It's on the table, but you know, in the event there is your uh, compliance code yes, embedded right. on yeah, you in your on your right hand or your forehead, right? Uh, and they keep track in case there is an outbreak, and then they can do all this contact tracing business. And so, um, you're also not supposed to take your mask off unless you are actively eating or drinking. No, so just no. keep it on. Uh, meanwhile, the Catholic diocese in the area has said in our schools, it will be optional. There was a very nice tone, I thought, from the Catholic schools that said, hey, this is what we're dealing with. We think that the state rule mm-hmm. trumps our mm-hmm. local decision on this. 
therefore it will be at your discretion, but we encourage mask mm-hmm. wearing. So like, I thought it struck a nice tone. What will happen is that 17, some 17,000 kids who go to Northern Virginia Catholic schools, yeah. will many of them will be unmasked. The catastrophe will not come. Just as when private schools opened in 2020 and the public schools didn't, the cat- catastrophe did not come. And a lot of other kids are going to look around and go like, mm, why, why is it that they don't have to wear the masks? There are private schools that have been without masks for some time. Yes. And they have not been Or, you know, the like rest flies. of the world. Or the rest of the world. I, I'm not even like a... This isn't my issue. The mask isn't my big issue. It's just the inability to look outside the borders of Northern Virginia to see what other people are doing, to understand that this is not a catastrophe in waiting. And to me, it just feels like nonsense often. If it, and I don't like that. If it aligns with your argument, then it's great to cite these foreign countries. But if it doesn't, then I we're know. not going to make any mention. The same thing with a lot. There's a lot of issues like that. Abortion restrictions and things like that. <sighs> Europe is much more conservative about it than the United States. Right. Masks and other things of, of that nature. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan, uh, a big fan of Bishop Burbage here in uh, the Diocese of Arlington. And I was glad that he did not buckle to the pressure or for the pressure for the Pope, for that matter. Right. A friend of their family, they go to a, a Catholic school here in the area. And he said the PTO meeting was contentious. Oh, it's going to be lit. It's so I mean, even there, even the Catholic school, there are parents who are pushing back. They want, they still want the masks. I mean, it's going to be a big thing. So there is one Virginia Democrat working on a legislative remedy to to this whole thing. It is going through the courts. So we'll keep you updated. I know this is like, this is like a hyper-local thing, but it's happening in a lot of major metro areas. And again, like my piece in the Atlantic, which you can check out yes. today, uh, if we are... We need to make rational calls about what we're doing for kids because they are bearing the brunt of this when they are least at risk and it's hurting them badly in some ways. And so I would just like to, to bring that, bring more of that to the table and not just have like a prospective roadmap, which never comes to be. And yeah. and people say, people say like, uh, I mean, the fight will continue. And I do, I do think that people have to take this step. There have to be some kids, there have to be some parents who say, like enough of this, man, and right. just harass them right. because they don't respond to anything else. And there, and there are some parents, obviously, who've had enough, and they're going out there and they're letting it out. Yes. Oh. Ah. Thank you, Vic. Welcome. You know what? In the New York Times, yes. uh, there's a story about some moms, some moms who are mad. They're real mad, Vic. Mad about what? Uh, just everything. Okay. <laughs> okay. You know what? I went into this story prepared to to make a lot of fun of these ladies, and then I found myself going. I wouldn't mind that. Okay, here it is. These mothers were exhausted, so they met on a field to scream. This is this is in the Boston area. Yes. In Boston, many mothers were exhausted. The pan- pandemic had been so draining that they wanted to scream, but they had to hold it in because they had children to raise, careers to build, chores to finish. I, myself, like to primarily scream at my children while I'm doing the chores because I'm an efficient person. <laughs> multitasking (laughs) for nearly two years they have been trapped but on this night this month on a night this month about 20 mothers ditched their duties they left their children and homes behind headed to a high school football field they stood on the 50 yard line and they just screamed they screamed (laughs) i sure hope they had their masks on when they screamed (laughs) at this dangerous outdoor super spreader oh it's cold it's dangerous okay so i I did get a kick out of this at the football field miss Harmon, who who organized this, signaled the start of each new round of screaming by raising two light-up unicorn wands that belonged to her daughters. Further, the gathering was actually quite complex. It unfolded (laughs) in five parts. This is like 
the NFL overtime rules of yes. screaming. The first four of which were a normal scream, a round of swearing. I would totally kill Ooh. that one. Mm. A free-for-all of screams or shouts, and a scream in honor of mothers who were too busy to attend. Oh. <laughs> so I hope they felt that tribute. And they must be so hoarse. <laughs> I mean, it's just so a lot of screaming. A lot of this comes from, first of all, I hope you're doing this in concert with therapy. Because although I do, I do believe that this could be cathartic. Oh, yeah. I, could, but I, think, I can imagine the release. I think there are deeper issues that we should get to in addition to this. And I understand that. I've been there, man. There's a lot on your plate. It's been yeah. a weird two years. But a lot of this, and this is in my piece too, a lot of this is self-imposed. Because a lot of this is moms of young children who are not yet vaccinated. And they can't, they don't and take them. They, they don't go out. places. And they're they're very, very worried about them. However, many of them have overestimated by a long shot the risk to their children, which means they're stuck in their homes, mm-hmm. very worried about their kids, and they really shouldn't need to be. Right. And I am saying if you're in that situation, you need to, you need to, you need to run the risk calculus again, as I said in the piece, because I'm a smart, nerdy lady. <laughs> If you keep your decision-making for parenting in your amygdala, yes. which is just sending you adrenaline and telling you everything is dangerous, which is, by the way, where the media wants you, man. That's where they want you. If you stay there and you don't hand the baton to your neocortex, which can make reasoned decisions, you will hurt your kids. It won't be COVID that hurts your kids, likely. It will be your own risk analysis that does. It's very You had a lot of neurological references it's in that piece. It's important because I wanted to understand after That's after good. my husband passed away in 2015, yes. I wanted to understand how to tame my brain and therapy plus understanding that every reaction of fear is not necessarily proportionate to the fear is part of doing that. We got to do more of that. It, it, it's a wonderful piece uh, and, and obviously adding to the weight of that is because of your past experience. So you're not going to get people saying, yeah, well, you don't know what is like. Well, all right, you know. Sorry. I know a little. Yeah, a little bit, just a little bit. I know though. a little. <laughs> no, it's it, this this vast overestimation of, of risk for children, I think, is it's just doing a disservice again, to I, everyone. You, you rarely see a reference to references again to the recovery rate. Yes. Uh, which is, again, 99.998%. And, uh, of course, hospitalizations of children, not the percentage, and not the percentage of kids in the hospital with, but because right. of. And there are kids like that who are immunocompromised and who are sick and who have other yes. uh, ailments. And, 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 and that's bad. But by and large, as you were mentioning, there's all sorts of risks when you go out right. there's, the door. We've, we've focused on one risk and we let many, many others flourish. Mm-hmm. And that's about, that doesn't help the people who are vulnerable or mm-hmm. the new people mm-hmm. we've created mm-hmm. who are vulnerable mm-hmm. to a mm-hmm. bunch of other things. That's right. So we're, we put ourselves in a bad place. David Leonhardt actually was tweeting about this today. He's the New York Times health writer who covers a lot of COVID yeah. stuff and often does what I call the now it can be told piece, which... <laughs> Which is to say, a year and a half after wingers are like, hey, maybe this is uh, something we should think about. The New York Times will then say, gently, maybe this is something we should think about. So today, David Leonhardt, and I appreciate it, writes about the the, the risk disparity, which a, a bunch of young people think when yes. told that they are as at risk oh, as absolutely. older people to bad outcomes from COVID. And that's just not 
the case. I think I just saw this also. It might have also been in The Atlantic about how Omicron has wreaked all sorts of havoc uh, in the classroom. And I was thinking that it was going to be about how, you know, the kids are fine. Why are they making them do these things? When, in fact, the kids who are interviewed in the piece are terrified yes. of getting COVID. Yes. Which and is not – you shouldn't have done that to kids. That's no, a bad, no, and, that's a bad and, and, move. And, yeah, that was a bad call. inculcation of fear. It's, it's fear porn. And it, it's managed to sink into these kids, and this is the, the result. Well, there there good. are a there are a, a few around the Northern Virginia area who who showed up without masks. Yeah. Um, they are they are quarantined themselves, and you know, in conference rooms or libraries in Loudoun County. Right, their parents are called to come get them. They are not offered any sort of real instruction. I think they're offered the opportunity to do some things virtually. Um, which we know worked out so well before. The Like I said, the outcome will come likely from the courts or this legislative yeah. move. But there are some people showing up and saying, this is this is no, bad for my kid. Enough. What's bad for my kid is this. Yeah. And that, that is a real thing. Yeah. I, I think two things. One is uh, these are teachers who, of course, had demanded uh, that they be vaccinated first. And then, of course, you can get boosted. And uh, you're talking about unvaccinated uh, students who uh, let's assume do not experience any symptoms. Right. The the again the assumption the running assumption is you're unvaccinated you must be infectious at this very moment right, and right. spreading it right, right now when in fact children are not a grave and danger to get, themselves or and others you might get in most cases deathly ill because yeah well hi hold on <laughs> one last thing oh I sent my kids to school without masks oh you had an opt out I got an opt out at my little school. And they, I, we asked the kids, and I say this because in talking uh, to some other people, they made similar decisions. And so I, I think it's important for people to know that, that we're out there yeah. <laughs> because going first is, is scary. And so it is. I convinced that my children are not the disease vec- vectors that the national media would like me to think they are. Unmasked them. I asked them, what do you guys want to do? Because I didn't want to send them into the situation if they were not confident in that. But they were very confident in that decision. And I said, okay. And then I t- we did a little message prep on if anybody asked them about it. And I said, hey, just say this is my family's choice. Other families sometimes make different choices, and that's okay. You know, I know, real, real I, controversial, huh? You know, you know what the problem is? Because when, when this first happened with the executive order with uh, Glenn Youngkin saying that masks are optional uh, and, and the freak out over this tyranny, and now we're going to become this COVID swamp, the one side, the, the anti-mask side was saying, this is not a mask ban. This is saying masks are optional and it is the parent's choice for their kid to wear a right. mask or not wear a mask. It's not that the other side didn't know that. They know that. Yeah. What they want is the choice to have your child right, masked. Right. Not right. just the, theirs, but yours. And by, I would even say with, with the opt-out, the default remains masking. That's the default. Oh, yeah. You have to do something actively to opt out of it. In many cases, of course, you're not given that opportunity. Yeah. Now, folks will say, you know, it only works if everyone masks. One, I would say a public policy that requires 100% compliance from five-year-olds is not a great public policy. <laughs> and two, make PPE personal again. Mm-hmm. That is what we must do. Yeah. We are moving to a new stage. It will be, we're going to have to get updates on the next show of how your kid's experience was. Well, I, I got to tell you, the, the message discipline from the six-year-old, fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> she was asked a couple of questions and she said, look, uh, this is what this is my family's choice. And we feel we feel that we can make this choice and be safe. And uh, and we respect other people's choices to do something different. So good luck. You know, 
That's just great. making little PR agents over here <laughs> for freedom. That's right. <laughs> so good luck to everybody out there making all their different choices. Speaking of choices, you know yeah. who's nobody's choice? Oh, no. The Vice President Kamala Harris. What's happening now? This is, this is my favorite segment, our Kamala fan club segment. There's so much great news about her. Uh, so there is a an NBC poll that has some yes. has some real real good stuff in it. The American people have a more favorable view of former President Donald Trump than they do of Vice President Kamala Harris, according to a recent NBC News poll. That's got to hurt on several levels. Uh, this is from yes. the Free Beacon, this report, by the way. According to the National Star- Survey, just 32% of American adults have a positive view of Harris, compared with 37% who said the same about Trump. Politicians are viewed negatively by a similar portion of Americans, 49% for Harris and 51% for Trump. Uh, for the sake of comparison, 39% of poll respondents said they had a positive view of President Joe Biden, with 48 being negative. They So they started uh, uh, taking this poll NBC some time ago, but not, you know, if, I feel like if they did it earlier, maybe Kamala would be tied with Henry Wallace. Or maybe Spiro Agnew. Right, right. You know, but, you know, it's probably We only have the, later. a more modern era. Yeah, so we'll never know, really. Andrew Johnson, I don't know. But uh, she's, she's uh, at about not... negative. She's at about like minus 17 on her, her favorables, favorables versus unfavorables. Mike Pence, negative six. Dan yeah. Quayle, negative nine, just for. Yeah, that, and, that's, and, and that's quite striking because uh, I remember I was in college when Dan Quayle was the vice president. In fact, not, you know, just across the river you know, in college Republicans. Right. And he was so vilified and he was not a bad person. And, you know, but they, they made fun that he was unqualified because he was of, because of his youth. But it was really his youthful experience, his youthful looks. I yeah. mean, yeah. OK, so he served in Don't Congress. Don't hate him because he's because he beautiful. Looks young, and, you know, he looks so distinguished now. Yeah. But uh, it was really quite something. And this is what's also remarkable with those numbers for Kamala Harris. You know, the media is basically on her side. They want her to win. They're like, you know? help me help you. Yeah. And help it's me not, help And even you. they can't. I, and even they can't. It's tough. It's also very interesting that at this time, obviously, when you take 9-11 into account, I guess, that Dick Cheney's oh, yes. favorables through were the through the roof. Through the roof. Through the roof for Vice. I thought this was interesting, too. Interesting too. Just 5% of Americans agree with Biden's assessment that he's probably outperformed what anyone thought yes. would happen this year. Which, that... That gives me a little faith in the American people that that's the assessment because I, I I think yeah about five percent don't know who they are but anyway <laughs> I have an idea but I'm not going to say it on air they're out on a football field screaming <laughs> right okay right. speaking of screaming at football oh boy oh hey. my goodness one of the uh, according to the experts one of the greatest weekends of NFL playoff football ever right and it was it was remarkable that I was watching it. Because oftentimes I'll miss the good stuff. I, yeah, I am also, um, I'm not a dedicated NFL fan. I'm a dedicated yeah. college football fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just got my national championships. Oh, you uh, did? I didn't know about that. in the mail oh. last night. <laughs> I don't know if you guys know, but the University of Georgia, national championship. Week Big three. Deal. Is this week three of the celebration? I believe so. But I just got, I got my hat and I should have worn it for you guys. It actually matches my planner. Look at that. Um so I'll wear that next time. So I don't always watch yes. the NFL, but I saw Twitter light up yeah. and tuned in mm-hmm. uh, to these fantastic playoff games, uh, several of them last-minute field goal finish, yes. and then, of course, the Chiefs versus the Bills to top mm. it all off with this overtime right. uh, victory for the Chiefs, which just had this cavalcade of, of touchdowns in the last, what, 
minute and a half. Yeah, even it's two less. minutes. If, if so, uh, so that particular the, the game before that was the Tampa Bay game, right? Right. Tampa Bay, I guess, versus the Rams. And Tom Brady, of course, I kept on saying because the score was uh, it was miserable for for Tampa Bay. It was like three to whatever it was, three to twenty or whatever the score was. And I said, you know, it's a long way to go. But I said, you know. You get a touchdown, then it's 10, 10 to a 10, 17, whatever it is. All of a sudden, you're going to be very close. And sure enough, he was within a touchdown away of tying the game. Uh, But in his case, there was not enough time. I mean, he's gone through this before. It's, you know, a two-minute – he can get all the way down. Oh, yeah. From one side, you know. Two-minute drill. Yeah, two-minute drill. From one end to the other. He's very quick about it. He seemed slow. Yeah. Ish. I mean, obviously, it's about time. Not compared to my throwing ability, <laughs> but for him, yeah. I mean, he's 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 a few years younger than I am, but only a few years. That tells you something. Uh, he, I mean, he's, picture me out there. I, but, I, he truly, he's a yeah. he's a freak of nature. No, the, amazing. And I'm not a hater because I am no, determined. I'm I'm, a, I'm determined not to hate people yeah. or teams just because they're successful. No, and uh, that would be most of the reason to yeah. dislike him. <laughs> um, however, I was excited to watch Matt Stafford, former Bulldog, yes, uh, beat. Beat Brady because Brady yeah. is, of course, the Alabama of the NFL. Mm-hmm. Just like the, well, the times you can knock him off his game are so few that it's a beautiful thing to see. Even though I'm not a hater, uh, somebody also joked that Georgia just beat Michigan again. Oh, because, yeah, because of that. Yes, Stafford, exactly. Stafford's and a dog, and, Tom, and Brady. Uh, Tom Brady was a Michigan. It's it's uh, it's it's amazing to see that payoff for the Rams because. Um, it took a lot for them to land Matt Stafford, and they gave up all these picks. But, you know, uh, the third-round pick for them was Cooper Cup, and he's a huge – he's great. Yeah. He's a wide receiver, so you see that. But the other game – go you ahead. Know, I, well, I, th- I think it will be, of course, uh, sad and beautiful when Matt Stafford marches to a Super Bowl ring and is, like, you know, just after leaving the Lions. I just, yeah, right. I know. I know. For people who were there at Detroit, this this is really a painful like, time. Bye, Matt. But the amazing game, of course, was Good luck. the second game, which was uh, the Kansas City, um, uh, the Kansas City Bills game. Right. And that one, I'd say there were about four times that I thought for sure this it's over now. Right. It's over now. It's done. I can go Never now. over. And then they go into it. Do you have – and then, of course, went into overtime. Do you have thoughts on all the overtime complaints? I do. I am not a fan of the NFL overtime. I think, and look, this is not an, this is not an original take. Okay, <laughs> deal with it, everybody. I think that the overtime puts too much emphasis on the coin toss. Yes, which is not the most, you know, important skill in football, right? And once these two titans, uh, with apologies to Tennessee, who's out, uh, <laughs> once these two titans have fought through the entire game, mm. neck and neck, do I want? This all-important possession decided by this coin toss. No. I understand that the defense gets to be on the field. So the team team who doesn't get possession does get to be on the field, in a sense. (laughs) (laughs) Only half the team, really. The defense is also important. I would argue that maybe the University of Georgia Bulldogs, with an amazing defense, would, would perform well in this scenario. However... I think everybody wants to see both sides with a shot at the end zone. Well, that's the thing. I mean, because the rule is a first possession touchdown uh, wins it. Yes, and if you score a if you score a field goal, the the possession changes and the other team yeah. does get a shot. So there is a chance. I just I know. However, and I feel it, bad for Josh Allen. If it were college so. rules, that game would still be going on. That's right. Because that continues keep, on. Just keep Do firing. Do they continue on in college? Does it continue on until the clock runs out? I think it's like three, and then mm-hmm. it goes to mm-hmm. sudden death mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. like that. It's three 
back uh-huh. and forth. I uh, yeah. Well, I call- should know from the Rose Bowl featuring the University of Georgia Bulldogs from 2018. There should not be. I mean, and again, and thank you. Uh, and also, I mean, there shouldn't be like in the regular season ties. There should not be ties, obviously, in general. Right. Um, and in college basketball, overtime rules. There are no ties. I've sat through, I think, five overtimes. George Georgetown versus Notre Dame. Only for it to end with Notre Dame. That is, I mean, those <laughs> after are, five. Those are After the worst five. because when oh, you lose dramatically like that, you not only have your heart broken, but you have to have your heart broken again and again yeah. because you have to watch those highlights no, for the no. rest <laughs> of your don't life. Don't watch the highlights. Don't do it that to is yourself. the worst. <laughs> but I will not look a gift horse in the mouth because I appreciate uh, that this game was so good. And beyond that, that all of my usually political and very at odds Twitter was united in enjoying seemingly yes this beautiful game of football and I know that in elite circles there are some naysayers about the football and I know football has some problems however this was a beautiful moment where everybody was enjoying themselves Mm -hmm. and just 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 tweeting holy crap you know and (laughs) reactions to things as they were happening and it was same same my high school buddies were texting (laughs) WTF insane. <laughs> Who was it? Somebody said uh said this this game is so good people are making contact with their estranged fathers right now. <laughs> it's that, that, that's a great line. I know we haven't talked in twenty five years, right, right, but how about you, this? But are you watching this game? If there's something that can bring us together, that, that, that Bill's game was really something. In the words of Danny Rojas from Ted Lasso, football is life. He was talking about a different football. It's not important. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and, and and you know what? Uh, and Ted Lasso himself by the way, a great coach. And yes. even though a lot of people thought he was a uh, starting off, that he was going to be some sort of a stupid son of a bitch or something. But it's a, it's <laughs> oh, hey, what? Hey, That's a great one. That. You don't even have to use that one. You can edit that one out. That's fine. <laughs> oh, man. It got rough. It got yeah. rough between the press and the president yesterday. Or this week. I should say this week because it's... You know. Yeah. So... At any rate. Uh, one Peter Ducey of Fox News. Yes, of course. Asked a question at the end, uh, sort of yelled a question as the press as they do, often does. As they're pushed out. About inflation as they're pushed out of the, <laughs> the room. And Biden was caught on a hot mic saying a not so nice thing about Peter Ducey. That's a great asset. More inflation. What a stupid son of a bitch. As you might imagine, Vic. The reaction in the press corps to President Biden using this kind of language for a member of the press versus Trump, who has used the exact same language, I believe, at one point. The reactions were different. The reactions were... They they didn't curl up in a ball and cry about democracy dying in darkness. It was a lot more muted about President Biden. Now, Hmm. here's the thing. I think that muted is the correct response to both presidents. In fact, I want to play Peter Ducey responding... Because this guy is just given a master class in not ge- not being a drama queen. Here he is. Hey, I think the president's right. You are a stupid <laughs> SMP. <laughs> yeah, nobody has fact-checked him yet. No one's given Pinocchios for that one. No, but... So Peter Ducey is laughing this off, as he should. Look, the behavior is bad, as I always said about Trump. The behavior is bad, but this response is a correct one and commensurate with the threat to the Republic, which is not very much. It's not very much. It's funny because, uh, you know, the question itself is not a great question, but you want to, you know, you feel compelled, you got to throw something out and right. see if, and if, if the aim is to get his goat, it worked. 
Because obviously he was like, what do you think? Because, you know, no, inflation is an asset, you know, and then he went off after that. But of course, as you know, then Biden uh, later on called, apparently Ducey and apologized. He did. So. And and Ducey again, responding correctly, says, I appreciate it, but it wasn't really necessary. Like we mix it up and this whatever, it, whatever, be. whatever gets him talking, mm-hmm. I'm happy about. That's right. Uh, presence in the past, you mentioned getting caught on a hunt, Mike. I remember George W. Bush. Uh, when he uh, was uh, referring to uh, the New York Times writer Adam Clymer as uh, a major league a-hole. Mm. Yes. And I believe uh, Dick Cheney was like, Ugh, you know, <laughs> sort of just as an, you know, but, and of course, everybody was in a state about that. How dare he? This right. sort of antagonistic relationship and these people, these, you know, they're so. Well, I mean, first of know. all, it should be antagonistic. Yeah. Second of all, just the response to Trump's bad behavior mm. was just often so disproportionate. And not only was there not a great threat to the republic from mm-hmm. these skirmishes he had with mm-hmm. the press, but the where journalists hurt feelings rank for Americans on their list of concerns is yep. quite, quite low. And I think the more journalists complain in those fairly benign situations, the worse off the trust problem becomes. Yeah. <laughs> like People are just not into that. Trump said some mean stuff about me. And I was like, yeah, you know, it is what it is. You didn't yeah. curl up in a ball? I didn't. I didn't, and I don't. I don't think that we should. I think. Uh, I think this is a good. Uh, we should. We should respond publicly this way, and then go to the fifty-yard line and scream, and that will solve most of our problems. You know what I thought to myself? I said, "You know that Mary Catherine Ham? She's so resilient. I am. She is. Thank you. And be that- resilient for your children. Don't make them be resilient for you." And that wraps up another edition of Getting Hammered. Remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Tell your friends. And you can follow me on Twitter at Victoria Mattis. I am Mary Catherine Ham. You can find me at MK Hammer Time on Instagram or MK Hammer on Twitter. This will not be a 24-7 mask podcast. However, until this cultural conversation finds an on-ramp, we will be updating you about the insanity of our area. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for reviews. Thank you for following us. Uh, please recommend us to friends. This has been a Nebulous Media Podcast. <laughs>